Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sunny. I am your host, and I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And, of course, before we get too, too far into today's episode, we want to take just a moment to thank all of our wonderful Patreons who support us every month. So... Thank you to Solus, Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Gate Guardian Support, HGH Cyber, Madam Vera Smugness, Marshawn Jones, Zephyrus, Zephyrius, AD, Anthony Leela, Blackwing, Silverwind, The Ascendant is a Floodgate, Branded Fart, Damien Zinc, Dank Nugs, Earth Machine Best Deck, I am McLincoln. If I'm so cheesy, then I must be all American. Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rubina Go Chirp Trip, Rudolph, The Hoover Dam is a Floodgate, Tin Dangle D's Nuts, Haha, ha, Got him. <sighs> Unbanned number 95, Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Opelousa, Floodgate of the Goddess, Opelousa is the one true Floodgate, Asami, Demolition Beaver, the Floodgate Destroyer, let's go! <laughs> Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Maxi Solves Combo, Nordic Best Deck, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Praise be to M- 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 Mystic Mine, our Lord and Savior. Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up, Stanktators, and wait, what? There's no way I can legally say that. So, thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. If you want to support the podcast through Patreon, there's a link in the description down below. You get your name read out on the podcast for as little as $1 a month. Also, we would like to let you know that you would you can also support the podcast by checking out Dragon Shield. Dragon Shield is one of the largest TCG accessory manufacturers in the world. And you can go to their website using the link in the description down below supporting the podcast. And you can check out their awesome lineups of full art and as well as full color sleeves. You can also check out their deck boxes, play mats, things of that sort. So if you're interested in any of those sleeves or accessories or anything of the sort, be sure to check them out. You can get that awesome hand shuffle feel. Sounds something like this. Just good stuff. Mm, so nice. Absolutely. I am a big, big fan of Dragon Shield and their products. So if you're interested, check them out. Their link is in the description down below. Also, if you are interested in some cool Yu-Gi-Oh merch, that you might not be able to get anywhere else, be sure to check out Millennium Threads. It is, there's an, it's an Etsy store, an Etsy store. One day I'll be able to use the correct words of the English language. You can go there to check out. They have all kinds of cool hoodies, hats, different bucket hats, things like that. And I absolutely recommend checking them out. Again, the link is in the description down below. And the last plug is if you wanna support the podcast at nothing extra to you, 
be sure to check out our TCG player affiliate link down below. Now, let, let's go ahead and get on into the meat of today's episode. What do you say? Oh, yeah. So I think we're going to start off with some new cards. Yep, a couple of new cards. Uh, so last week, there's like this big list that had come out as we were recording. So we kind of went through those. Right. Uh, since then, they came out with two more cards after we finished recording. So we're going to cover those two. Then there was a uh, third card released, uh, V-Jump promo. Uh, and then we got some more uh, Power of the Elements info. Sure. Yeah, so uh, first new card. Simult Archfiends. Normal trap. You can only activate one card of this card's name per turn. One, neither player can special summon monsters of the same type. Ritual, Fusion, Synchro, Ixtis, or Link as a monster they control for the rest of this turn. And also, if you do not control more than one of each, control more than one of each, Ritual, Fusion, Synchro, Ixtis, and or Link... All Ritual, Fusion, Synchro, Exceeds, and Link monsters you control, you currently control, gain 500 attack. Whoo! It's like D-Barrier in a way, almost. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like both a better and a worse D-Barrier. Right. So it doesn't negate the effects? The, your, so you have to kind of predict what your opponent is playing and flip it before they attempt the summon. To be fair, a lot of decks, like as soon as they commit a monster to the board, you know exactly what they're playing what they're going to do. Right, but it doesn't prevent them from summoning the first one. Well, no, 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 because what you do is, like... Wait until they summon the first one. Ah, that's right. That They they can't summon the same one that they control. This card reads like they're about to hit D-Barrier, and they expect this to be the, the best replacement. replacement. Right. Yeah, but but it's not... Okay, so like, up against Sword Soul, you have to wait for them to make Chi Zhao. And then activate, flip this, and then they just kind of right. go, cool, I still got, I still have a negate on board. Exactly. Or even worse, uh, they go straight and make, they, they just immediately go and make Baron. Right. Then flip it, negate. I mean, not even negate, just, that's fine, I'll just end on a negate. And the yeah. way, and another thing is that the way that this is worded, this is almost a counter trap, because if you flip this while they don't control anything, it's not going to do anything. Right. From me, from the way I'm reading it, um, to be fair, this is a translation. There might be some more clarifications in the actual problem-solving card text version of this, but it's not very good. Right. Uh, next up, we have Starcrossed Meeting, normal trap card. You can only use this card's name one and two effects per turn each. One, reveal a ritual monster from your hand. Add a ritual monster of the same level, but a different name from your deck to your hand. That's interesting. This would be better as a spell card. Yeah. Two, you can banish this card from your graveyard, then send a ritual spell from your hand to the graveyard. This effect becomes that card's effect that ritual summons a monster this, when this card is when that card is activated. Yo. So this makes Foolish Barrel goods even better, but especially in Drytron, because then you can Foolish Barrel goods, and then activate its graveyard effect, and Meteo is dry and activate the. Right. Yeah. Even if even if there's something negating spells, right? Or not negating spells, but like anti-spell fragrance. It is like that just straight gets around anti-spell fragrance. Right, right. Which is hilarious. Well, I say Drytron. This could also technically be used by like Libermancers and uh, one or two other ritual spell decks like Shino Birds. Right, which I think is actually what is on the artwork for the card. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a Shino, I think it's supposed to be a Shino Bird card, which is interesting. Uh, so those are the two ones they released. This is a third card they released later. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you want to read this one or do you want me to read it? I can handle this one. It's only one line of text. Okay, go for it. All right, it's called Upside Down. Normal Trap Card. Add the bottom card of your deck to your hand, then place one card from your deck on the bottom of the deck. So okay. if you activate Pot of Prosperity. Prosperity, you put the card that you want to get off this card to the bottom. Yes, because you can stack the bottom of your deck in order. Yep. So, whatever one you put on the bottom, and then you just activate this, and you get it, too. Which is hilarious, but it's still bad, because it's a trap card. Yes. To be fair, it's a lot like Jar of Greed, where it's a uh, chainable trap card. So, like, even your opponent, uh, Twin Twisters, or your Cosmic Cyclones, so you can just kind of shrug and chain it. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, right. Next next up. The V-Jump? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, the V-Jump is called... Diabolica, Dragon Fiend Commander. It's a fiend effect monster, dark, level 8, 2300 attack, zero defense. Um, so they so of course, as they do with all VGM promos, they haven't told us the effect yet. It's just right. secret. So here's the description of it. A fiend type monster whose true power can be unleashed both in the hand and graveyard. Oh boy. Further blurring 
further blurbing elaborates that she is designed to synergize with Devil's Gate R and has two effects related to Fiend type monsters. So it's literally Dark World support. It is Dark World support, but without being a Dark World card, which is important. Which theoretically, I think you could still act, actually use this in like burn, depending on how the effect, how the effect, what the effect is, you could probably still use it, uh, utilize it in uh, Burning Abyss. Right, right. You know, like pitch a seer out of your hand or pitch a graph out of your hand, effective graph engrave. Yeah. As an example. Yeah, yeah. Which would be cool. All right. Uh, you want to talk about the full set list for the Legendary Duelist Season 3? No, because it's a lot of cards and a vast majority of them are garbage. That is perfectly fair. Do you want to talk about a few individual cards? Yes. Okay, cool. So Legendary Duelist Season 3, we already knew that it was announced. We already knew that it was confirmed. Now we have the full set list, or at least what will probably be the full set list. How many cards are in it? Hundred and no, like two hundred and something. No, I think it's a hundred and forty, hundred thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah, so not too all, too bad. No new cards, all the reprints. Yes, but there is a couple of cool reprints in here, such as um, Junk Synchron. Good card. Tuning. Very good. Actually, Junk Synchron is not in here. I read that. Quick Draw Synchron. That's what I was thinking. Oh, that's pretty good reprint. Quick Draw Synchron. Yeah. For like junk, for like Junk Doppel and stuff like that. For Edison. Edison. Uh, there's also like a Songen reprint. Yeah, good cards. Oh, A Hero Lives. That just came to three. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, E Emergency Call. That is yeah. usable in some Edison format uh, Oh, Evil Hero, A Dust of Gold. Okay, yeah, we buried the lead a little bit. There's actually yeah, some yeah. good cards in here. Oh, yeah, Malicious Bane's also in here. Magician Souls is in here. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Chaos Command Magician is actually a sneaky good reprint. That card was getting kind of expensive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it, it's a counter in Go, and I don't remember exactly how. So it's funny because it is a... It's the only... It's the biggest one-tribute light monster. Ah! Right. <clears throat> so... Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so if you want basically the full breakdown of what this set entails, it's got a lot of cards that were used by a particular character from the anime who I think is Bakura. Yeah, so it's the got Doom like... The Caliber Knight, the Jaugen, Dark Knight yeah. of Fear Sangen. It's, it's, it's Final Count, the Final Message, message board. board. Yeah, Spirit Message Board, whatever it's called. Destiny Board. Destiny Board, that's it, yeah. yeah. And it's like Destiny Board, F-I-N-A-N-L. Right. Well, it's just Destiny Board, and then it's Spirit Messages I-N-A-L. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Destiny Board has the F on it. Right. So, and then it's got all of the evil hero cards, Malicious Edge, Infernal Gainer, Infernal Prodigy, kind of hype, actually. Infernal Prodigy as an Ultra would be very nice. Ooh, that'd be, that'd be yeah. spicy. Very nice for the... Uh, for the Edison format, people. Malicious Bane is in here, like we said. So is a Dusted Gold. You have all the Earthbound Immortal cards in here. That's cool. Yeah. Then you have all of the gimmick puppet cards. For some reason. Anime character that was in one of the sets. Fair. All the Preta Plant cards. So Preta Practices, That's... which were like $70. That's ballin'. Yes. So uh, tr- Triffy Overtone which was like a $20 or $30 Predaplant card. Dragostopalia, Chimera Flacia, Chlamydia Sundew, all of these Predaplant cards that were getting kind of expensive. So, Yep. Then you have the Magician Souls, like I said. That's a very good one. Magician of Chaos is a sneaky good reprint. The Dark Magicians was getting expensive. Ebon Illusion, Ebon High Magician were getting expensive. Soul Servant was crazy expensive for no reason, except it didn't have a reprint. Honest Neos is in here, and Liquid Soldier is in here. Both Ooh. very good needed reprints. So, and then all of the tuning and ga 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 go 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 stuff. The onomatopoeia stuff. Yes, that. So, overall, I mean, it's it's fine. It's it's. I mean, this is probably like worth going to Walmart. Like, at me already being a Walmart, like, ah, eh, sure, why not? Right. It, it's. Far from good. It's also far from terrible. Right. Like, it, it'll depend on what they do as the promos. Yeah. Um, and then of course it also depends on what you're going in for. Like if you're going in for specific like Edison cards, this is your set. And it's got a lot of really good Edison cards in it. It's got a few really good Edison cards. It's got like three or four. Yeah, I would but... honestly say that you're still 
the reason you buy this set is for depending on what the promos are you can get things like magician souls which is really good dusted gold uh malicious bane if you're if you're still on heroes for some reason right to be fair the the, the, the hero deck is now actually fairly inexpensive to build fairly for the most part yeah compared to what it was it was like a what it was seven to eight hundred dollars before at least yeah yeah for them for them to for them just to end on a board of nibiru nibiru token yeah um but the biggest thing about this set we're gonna just wait and see what the promotional dice are that's the important oh thing my god here. yes like like if they have like a dark magician girl dice. i think they actually do Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Dark Magician Girl. Everybody seems to love her, but I couldn't care less. For me, it's the nostalgia. Oh no, I shouldn't have said that. We're gonna lose half of our listenership now. Oh, no, no, no. I, I I love Dark Magician Girl. Yeah, I I don't care either way, honestly. Uh, She's far from my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh female monster. Fair. That's I mean, entirely fair because there are a lot better girls in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, like if you're gonna simp over a Yu-Gi-Oh monster, do it. That's you know, simp for a cool one. Yeah, like uh give it could you give an example? Water Enchantress is better. Thunder Nyan Nyan. Harpy Lady. You're not wrong. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Mystical Elf is better. <laughs> because she gives off that um. Uh, what is the what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, vibe. Lat pillow vibe. La- you know what? We're changing the topic. Let's <laughs> move on. But I don't know what we're moving on to. We're gonna move on to something. Okay. Uh, we got. Okay. So as with every pre-release, Konami does this big thing where they have a bunch of YouTubers come in, and unfortunately, we've never been asked to it. But I don't think we're ever gonna be asked. We're not really big on YouTube. That's the, neither here. That's neither here nor there. Um. They do like this big thing where the YouTubers on like one day they'll talk about one archetype, next day they'll talk about a different one, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. And it culminates on Friday where they have people opening the set. Right. We have the we have now have the dates and what's being revealed. So on, on which day, right? Yeah. So on Tuesday, July 19th, is when they're going to be talking about sprites. That is what they're actively called. S-P-R-I-G-H-T-S. Sprites. Yo, my favorite drink. Listen, listen. I just Not really, but I want somebody still. to figure out a ritual Sprite build so they, well, they can run Hunger Burger and call it McDonald's Sprite. Let's go. Uh, when, so then the next day on Tuesday, uh, July 20th, it'll be Tier... Tier Laments. Tier Laments. It, it's Tier Laments in the, in the TCG. It's not Tier Laments? No, it's Tier Laments. I don't believe you. There's no way. Why you go look that up? Uh, then on Thursday, July 21st is free agents, and then Friday, July 22nd is when they'll start opening. Is where YouTubers will That's... start. No, it's definitely tier limits. <laughs> uh, and then that Friday, July 22nd, which is the weekend before the pre-release, uh, is when they'll start opening boxes on like live streams and such. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that. That's gonna be really cool. And my, that's always pretty neat to watch. Yes. All right. So moving on. So we had a pretty large tournament this weekend. I would call it a large tournament. Uh, in what would have been our nationals this year? Yeah. So it was actually called the North American Championship event, and this basically qualifies as our nationals because there's no worlds this year. So, but we do have a ton, ton of data points for this, actually. So we can really draw out a good shape for how the format finished, right? So, for example, we have the full breakdown of the full 1,840 players that played in the event. And we also have breakdowns for top 64, 32, 16, 8, and 4. 4 and finals. Yeah. So we have the full breakdown all the way through. We only have 4 and finals because I just happen to remember what the matchups were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we also, of course, know who got first, who got second, and who got... I and mean, we have deck we have deck profiles for top four. Yeah, we have the full deck profiles, and some of them are kind of interesting. Yeah, so we're going to go through it kind of card by card, do a full meta breakdown, and at, 
I guess at the end, we can kind of talk about how this meta shaped up as a whole, how we felt about this format. Yeah, because I think the next big tournament is a regional near us. Well, so we have, we don't have any tournaments anywhere at any level except for locals next weekend. Yeah, and then the next weekend is a pre-release of Power of the Elements. And then immediately the next weekend is... I know there's a regional in Dallas. There's regionals all over the country. The entire okay. regional circuit is starting which, back up. Yeah, which will be the first tournament of... Uh, Power of the Elements format. Yeah, which is Splite, or Sprite, as they're called Sprite now. Sprite and Tier Elements. Yep. So, but yeah. now we know how this format ended, right? This, oh, this yeah. is the end of this format, essentially. So... And this format went about nine weeks, which is pretty fair and average. Yeah. So the largest out of the 1,840 players that attended and participated in the Nash, in the North American Championship, 29% of the field is punk and punk variants. So this is your punk synchro decks, your punk yeah. adventure synchro decks, things like that. Any Literally anything with punk in it. Right. Then next at 16%, you have Branded. So Branded played up a, took up a large portion of the field, but as you'll see when we get into the actual topping numbers, it really did not convert well at all. Surprisingly bad thing is because everyone was prepared for it, and I think it's one of those decks where if people are prepared for it... It just doesn't top. It, it just dies. Yeah. Next, we have 10% Dragon Link, which is really surprising to me. I know, right? But at the same time, not really, because it's just such a good mid-rangey deck right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next, we have 6% Swusu, or Sword Soul, which does not surprise me at all. It surprised me that it's this low, honestly, considering the conversion rate. Yeah. Then we have 6% Tri Brigade, which is very funny. And then we have 6% Fluanderese, 6% Drytron, Plunder Patrol, and then 3% each of... Phantom Knight, Marincess, ABC, Synchro Adventure, and Sky Striker. And then other. Yeah, and then whatever we didn't mention in those percentages just falls somewhere into other. But as far as individual breakdowns, let's start with top 64. So of 64, we have 11 Punk Adventure, which is 17.2%. 8 Sword Soul, which is 12.5%. This is what I'm saying. Sword Soul had somewhere around close to half of the representation. No, less than half because it was 16% versus 6%. Yeah. So nearly a third of the representation. But Sword Soul out-represented Branded Despia. It had a higher representation in Top Cut because Branded Despia is next with only seven. Yep. Uh, right up there with Dragon Leak Adventure. Which also only had seven. So... Of the 10% of the field, which was Dragon Link Adventure, only 7% converted, only seven of those decks converted. So to see Sword Soul converting twice as much. It really says something about the deck. In my opinion, yes. I mean, when you 6% of the field is Sword Soul, but 12% of top cut is Sword Soul. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, let's see. And then you got five Flow Underies, uh, five Punk Therian, three Branded Eldritch, three Striker, three ABC. Two ABC. Two ABC, my bad. Uh, two Branded Predaplant, uh, <laughs> two Drytron, two Plunder Patrol, seven others. So like seven one-ofs. So there was, I know that there was one Tri-Brigade as well as one Tri-Brigade Punk that got into top cut. And one Marincess. Um... I guess it was only one Marincess, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I, the Tri-Brigade Lyrilisk and Phantom Knight Adventure were things that only had one-of representations, but ended up actually getting into the next round, so that's how we know. All right, so next we have the top 32, which was six Dragon Link Adventure, five Sword Soul, four Punk Adventure. To go from 11 to four in one round is kind of wild. Yeah. Next, you have three branded Despia, two branded Predaplant, two Fluanderies, two Sky Striker, and then one each of ABC branded Eldritch, Drytron, Marincess, Phantom Knight Adventure, Plunder Patrol, Punk Therian, and Tri Brigade Lyralesk. And then getting into your top 16, you have a three Dragon Link Adventure, two branded Despia, two Fluanderies, two Punk Adventure, two Sword Soul, one each of Marincess, Plunder Patrol, 
Punk, Therian, Skystriker, and Tri-Brigade Lyralusk. And then your top eight is two Dragon Link Adventure, and then one each of Branded Despia, Fluandries, Marincess, Punk, the Punk Adventure, Skystriker, and Sword Soul. And then your top four was one Marincess, one Skystriker, one Sword Soul, and one... Skystriker. I said that. Oh. I don't remember. Oh, no. It was Sword Soul, Skystriker, Marincess, and Fluandries. And Flu, yeah. Yes. And so Sword Soul beats Fluandries in top four. Sword Soul goes to the finals. Skystriker beats Marincess. Striker goes to the finals. And then Sword Soul beats Skystriker in the finals. So huge congratulations to the winner of this event. I'm very, very happy that Sword Soul did it. I don't love the deck list, but that's because the deck list was a little bit on the degenerate side. But I mean, hey, it worked. Every deck list in this tournament that topped was a little on the degenerate side. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that, that was just kind of the way it kind of worked out. Unfortunately, this was the way. Um, so one thing I immediately noticed about top eight was that there were seven de decks in top eight. Yeah, so this brings brings us back to the discussion of. Do we really like the diversity that we've had this format? Like, okay, let's look at all of the topping decks from the May 2022 format. So basically from the ban list to now, because there's been no really significant changes in the meta scene, except for the release of a few Marincess cards. So maybe that bumps them up on the chart here a little bit but other than that looking at it of the hundreds of topping decks we can see 19 percent was sword soul sword soul was the most topping deck of the format mm -hmm. then you have 16.8 percent branded <laughs> despia 8.1 percent punk adventure seven and a half percent fluanderies five and a half percent salamangrate 4.7 Dragon Link Adventure, 4.2 Punk Therian, 3.5 Drytron, 3.1 Striker, 2.1 Branded Outlitch, 2.5 Punk Adventure Outlitch. Then you have Virtual World, Adagnister, ABC, Branded Predaplant, Tribrigade Liralusk, Eldlitch, Dragon Link, Phantom Knight, Libromancer, Sun Avalon, Tribrigade, and then other representing 7.5% of the field. So to have as many as many different decks as we do just let's see four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two decks not including the other you have twenty two decks that are competitive enough to top at least on a regional level mm-hmm that's some of the most diversity some of the most diverse how do I say that? It's the most diverse format we've seen. It's one of the most diverse formats we've seen, but it's one of the largest amounts of diversity we have ever seen. That's that's yeah, that's yeah, the way yeah. I was trying to phrase it. So it's one of the largest amounts of diversity that we've ever seen in a singular Yu-Gi-Oh format. But this, like I said, brings us back to something that we discussed last week. And actually, I've been discussing a lot recently. Right, which is diversity in formats. Are they good or bad? Because we're about to go into a format with, let's face it, a lot less diversity. Oh yeah, um, I mean we're probably looking at a at, at a possible rock paper scissors format. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, because usually whenever there are two decks that are just like the best decks, there's usually a third one that kind of likes to sneak its way in there and then just kind of become the rock taking out the paper and scissors that will be uh, Sprite and uh, Tier Laments. Tier Laments. I think that a lot of people think that that deck is actually Exosisters, because that's what that's what the deck is in the OCG. But I don't think I, it's going to be that for here. I think it could be Sword Soul. Oh no, it could easily be Sword Soul. Because let's face it, sure the meta is going to change and the format's going to shift, but not because of the amount of, say, the format's going to change and the meta's going to shift. But not because of a ban list. It's going to do because of new cards releasing. To be fair, we're also we also don't fully know what that fish archetype is yet. Also true, and we if, do not know what the goatee archetype is. Yeah, 
but like if because it turns out that fish of the deep of the deep ocean or whatever is their boss monster and if that's anything to go off it's going to be pretty good potentially yes yeah because it's a it's a synchro uh, archetype that's based around banishing and teaching these fish how to synchro summon teaching these fish how to synchro summon instead of being forced to exceed summon into palmet shark true so yeah that's gonna be really interesting to you know to see how the how the fish deck works uh fish synchro works um in compare in comparison to comparison in comparison in comparison thank you yeah it's late i get it yeah to uh tier element and uh sprite right i just there's no way that that deck has the power ceiling that tier elements or sprite has to be fair um in the tcg sprite isn't going to have the same power ceiling that does in the ocg no it's not because we don't have max c they can search max c yes they can for some reason they thought that was okay and actually, OC, speaking of Maxi OC, the OC is about to get um, uh, the bugs, the bugs, B yeah, troopers. B troopers who can also search Maxi. Yeah, that deck's fixing to be that entire format is fixing to be crazy over there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, it's going to be kind of like our Dragon Roller format was. Maybe between between sprites and B troopers entirely because of searching for Maxi. Right. So they're the only two decks that can do it. <laughs> Yeah. So overall, how did you feel? How do you feel coming out of this format? I, I feel pretty good. Um, I'm gonna have Marinces built, and that's probably gonna be my deck for the for the foreseeable future. Do you are you happy to be leaving the format? Yes and no. I think that the that the diversity in this format is very very different from the diversity that we have in other formats that we praise for it. For example, Edison. Yes. Edison doesn't have 20 different floodgates that people play to stem the tide of those different, that diversity, right? To be fair, Edison's also a much slower game compared to now. True. Where T-set pass is common. True. That is true. But I would also argue that Edison has less, first of all, less floodgates overall. Yeah. And second of all, I don't know quite how to describe it, but to me, Edison just the floodgates are not as impactful to every deck in the room, and also they're not as tailored. So a good example is the the player that won the nationals tournament happened to be playing rivalry in his main deck. Because it's a good card that his deck is not affected by, like the but only, it greatly affects all of his opponents. Like, the only card that Sword Soul plays, as far as I'm aware of, that is affected by rivalry is exactly Ecclesia. Baron. And Baron. Psychic and Punisher. Okay, there's three. Ad Emancipator, Risen, Dragite. Do they really run that? It's in mine. Fair. Uh, let me phrase it. The only... Car- and even then, like, aren't besides literally Baron and Ecclesia, aren't all of those just kind of like, I can make this if I want to? Shut up. You get what I'm, you see what I'm getting at, though. I mean, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a fair point. It is. Yeah. Uh, compared to, uh, let's just, for the sake of argument, uh, say, compared to Branded, where rivalry just kind of shuts them out. Right. Um, or compare that to uh, actually his game in the finals, uh, uh, Sky Striker. I am drawing so many blanks today. Sky Striker, uh, where uh, once you flip that route, like as soon as they normal summon um, Ray. Ray or Rose, either one, uh, you just flip the rivalry. They're shut down. They can't link summon. They can chain Ray right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's crusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it really helped in what matchup was it that I saw that he though he he main decked the rivalry and it came up and he just basically instantly won the game as soon as he flipped it. Yeah, because his opponent probably wasn't running any. It's a punk adventure. Oh no! Yeah, ri- rivalry ends the career of a, like of a punk player if they don't have the adventure engine online. The adventure engine gets kind of crusty 
at first because of the existence of Draco back. But if they don't have the adventure engine ready to go, then you hit them with that and they get sad. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, that, that, oh, yeah. Like, like, especially if they uh, search for like, like instead of searching for Draco back first, if they instead use their first search to search for uh, wandering Griffin Rider, Griffin Rider, then you flip it. Right. They just kind of look then and go, oh, no. Yeah. So the issue is that so many of these floodgates are, for example, I, I can play anti-spell and rivalry in my Sword Soul deck without hindering my deck, but it hinders these other decks so much. And that's what makes the diversity of this format different. <coughs> different yeah, different, but also... But not different in a good way, because... It, it kind of for, it kind of makes... Kind of forces people to play more flood- floodgates, right? Yeah, because they can't just say, "Okay, cool, I'm gonna run the uh, DD Crow, for instance, and that'll handle this matchup, this and this matchup, no problem." Right. Because yeah, you might handle those two matchups out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like ten different decks in top sixteen. Right. So. It puts you in a position where you have to play the most impactful cards that have the impact against the most decks in the room. And if you're doing that, then the best way to do that is unfortunately by just playing a bunch of floodgates. Oh yeah, whatever floodgate doesn't really affect your deck very much. Or uh, rivalry goes and Tikaboo. Right. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So how do we feel about moving from this format to Sprite? And tier limits format. How do we think that those two decks are going to stack up in this meta? Do we think that they chase out all the riffraff at the bottom and make it to where it's three or four or five decks, or do we think that they come in and take over completely, have no impact? Okay. What, what, are we, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of decks that are popular right now that are just going to be un- completely unplayable because they auto lose to Sprite or Tier Limits. Right. Um, like I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure Despy is not going to really be able to function up against uh, Sprites. And tell you the fact that Sprites can just lock your opponent out of summoning anything that's uh, not level link or rank two for the turn. So right. A lot of their be- you know so they can't so they can't activate Brandon Red and summon Chimera. Right. Um, after their opponent makes the golem. Definitely. I, I don't know exactly how things are going to stack up, but I've got everything I need for Splite except for the cards themselves. Yeah. So um, I've got most most of it. Uh, that's if I even att- and that's if I can't even get uh, Sprite. But I have a I I got a plan B in case I can't play Sprite because I know the deck just kind of doesn't care. True. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! I can't nib cool whatever uh, i'm gonna that's a i'm just gonna flip gozen so you're gonna have to either use your negate or get rid of something right cool use your negate wonderful or or even funnier just like as soon as they summon something flip gozen and or rivalry and definitely yeah um the same thing with uh tier laments i think they're all different types and uh attribute no they're all water i think i i, I don't remember I think that they're the tier elements are dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but like I know that they're affected by either Gozen or Rivalry. I just can't remember which one. Right. So that's me really banking on using Gozen Rivalry. But I mean, it's kind of what you have to do. Right. Especially in the upcoming <clears throat> format. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> I think that with events getting started up again so quickly we're gonna have to be ready to understand these cards quick fast and in a hurry which is always a factor and always a consideration when you move into a format with new decks and new releases especially in a format that at first is going to be so um, centralized on those new strategies, partially exactly. because those two new strategies are absolutely ridiculous. Yes, and then another, and then also partially due to um, the archetypes also being new. Right. So I would say going into the sneak peek weekend, have an idea for what the deck lists will look like, what cards you're going to need if you want to play the strategies, 
I wouldn't just go in say and say, I don't know what I need. I just need to pick up this and that and the other. I yeah, just, no, ha- have a list. Right, and Rip be and be careful if you're gonna do it to not accidentally pick overpay up. for cards off oh, of yeah, pre-release yeah. prices. Oh yeah, no, 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 like, like, <clears throat> like, like if somebody, like if people are asking, like. Like, like, let's say the pre-release price for a card is like $50, and they're asking $75, don't bother. I would say if the pre-release price of the card is $50, and they're asking $50, don't bother. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah like... For most cards. Yeah, um, a couple of cards, and even then, that's going to be a call, because sometimes it's like, yo, this card's going to go up in price, and it goes down. Other times, like, uh, just right. wait till I have the pre-release, it'll drop down to a couple of bucks. Yeah. And it just keeps going up and up and up. Absolutely. Look at you, Barone. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> we're going to take a quick moment to do an ad read, and then we're going to do some more mailbag questions. So we, of course, want to thank our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. ETB is your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. They have all of your deck boxes, sleeves, playmats, binders, all the things that you need to play the games that you love, singles, sealed product, all that stuff. So be sure to check out ETP Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. And I believe there's a link in the description down below. There should be. So There usually is. <clears throat> right. I, I don't think we really ever forget it. But just in case, check the link if you're interested. <clears throat> and as soon as we have a date for the next ETB Battle City Monthly. We will we let will... you all know. Absolutely. So... <coughs> I'm going to get, like, the quickest drink of water, and then we are going to go ahead and get on into the mailbag. Okay. Uh, I think I will ask the first question, because this question is absolutely hilarious. Okay. <clears throat> is mayonnaise a floodgate? Yes, because it fully <laughs> prevents your food from being good. <laughs> so, yes. Floating. Uh- <laughs> hey, I-, I-, I like mayonnaise on my turkey sandwiches specifically. That's really specific. Yes. Mayo is only good in exactly like tuna salad. Tuna salad, uh, it's okay in chicken salad. It's required for egg salad. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's required for most of those kinds of chicken, egg, potato yeah. salad. And, and then, of course, for me, turkey sandwiches. Yeah. If, if mayo is on like a burger or something... Ugh. I don't want it there. I'll eat it, but I won't be happy about it. I prefer some nice ketchup. So the point is, yes, mayo is a floodgate, but only because it actively restricts, it continuously restricts the food from being good. (laughs) I I just saw the question. It's like, I got it. I got it. This is, it's hilarious. I mean, that's, that's fair. All right. What is the coolest card effect you have read that sees little to no play due to the meta making it unviable? Ooh. So I, I will just say, we got an amazing answer right away out of the Discord server. They answered their own questions. So, Alpha Master of Beasts is a really good answer. They also you, mentioned you, Pank, but I got to agree with, again, the Discord server that Pank doesn't really qualify because Pank is extremely good. Yeah, but Alpha is it's still good, but with an asterisk. Right. Um, it's good, just not really, like, playable. Right now. Right. Yeah, that that can change very easily. I think there's a realistic world where you're playing like a going second Tri-Brigade build. With Alpha. With like two to three Alpha and then your Droplets and Mystic Mines or Lightning Storms or whatever. Especially in the upcoming format because it doesn't Alpha like just kind of go. (laughs) Oh, it owns all over Sprite. It's very good. That's a nice Toad. Special Summon. Just swing over the toad. Right. Or even funnier, activate activate Alpha targeting the toad. Alpha doesn't target. Oh! Yeah. Oh! It just returns. Oh! Yes. It's a very, very good card. So it gets around elves targeting protection. Oh, that's funny. Yes. (coughs) What are our plans for the Power of the Elements format? I will probably stick with Sword Soul for the first part of the format, but I am gonna try to pick up Sprite. Uh, for me, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna shift. I'm either gonna stick with Dino or I'm probably gonna shift from Dino to Marincess. 
I'm leaning toward that right now just because it's something different to play. Yeah, fair. Uh, but then I am going to attempt to pick up uh, Sprite. I'm not going to try uh, Tier Limits right now because they need Diviners. Also, Tier Elements. I keep wanting to say Tier Elements. I know, me too. Tier Limits are probably going to be a little bit on the pricier side to me because they are the waifu deck. No. And if they're very good, they're going to be a lot of secret rares. Not only that, you also have to keep in mind that they, you know, run Diviner of the Heralds. That card was not even that expensive for a while. That card got down to like $25. Yeah, fair. That's, that's still expensive. For fair. those who don't know, I just kind of held up my hands. And like, and? 25 is kind of expensive. Kind of. Not, not. It's not obscenely expensive. It's not like yeah. Pot of Prosperity or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm going to try to build Sprite, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um... Now, once that ban list comes around, that's when things for me get a little get a little iffy because after the showing of this of this past turn of this past national, I'm thinking they're gonna start start hitting some uh, start hitting some uh, floodgates. I hope they do. I don't see it happening, but I, I both really hope do they do. And they, I both do, I both hope they do and hope they don't at the same time. Why would you hope that they don't? Out of curiosity. Because if I'm playing Marincess, I think that's my only way to beat us. I think. I could be wrong. Right. That, that might be my only way to just kind of stop uh, Sprite and Tierlements. That's fair. It's the fact that I can run both Gozen and... Uh, t- uh, I can run both Gozen. I almost said Tikapu. Uh, the fact that I can run Gozen and Rivalry. Yeah, I heard you almost say Tikapu. I was like, now hold up. Can't can't be doing no Tikapu. Yeah. It'd be funny if you could uh, work, play under all three, but... Uh, that doesn't really work, I don't think. I mean, I guess it's just like one monster on the field at a time. Mm-hmm. So, what has been your favorite episode of the podcast that we have recorded? Ooh, that's a tough one. It is because we've done so many at this point. We've, we're probably 120, 130 in. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, it's probably one of the Skyhawk episodes. Yeah. Actually, I really enjoyed the last one we did with Skyhawk. Yeah, it could uh, be a recency bias, but that was a really good episode. You could feel it when it, we recorded. Yeah, but like, yeah, but then like, but also because we've recorded with him so much at this point, um, we've kind of started getting a vibe, a gauge on each other's banter. So there's a lot more like back and forth banter going on. Yeah, for sure. It's like when you and I record, it adding Skyhawk to the mix doesn't add any pressure to the recording process. Because it's such a seamless and smooth addition at this yeah. point. But that's entirely just due to how, how much we recorded with and compared to everyone else who we yes. recorded with. Which were also like super fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's just we have that. We've we figured out how to match each other's energy at this point. Yeah, exactly. So that'll bring us into our closing segment for the day. I know that a lot of you are looking at the episode length and wondering to yourselves. Now, hold on a second. I'm getting ripped off here. <laughs> These are always one hour or more. Why are we doing 45, 50 minutes? Well, there's a very good reason for that. Uh, I-, I promise it's not that we're lazy, but the reason is we're lazy. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. In actuality, the next couple of weeks, post-national season into the beginning of the next regional season, Keep in mind, this particular gap is much shorter than usual. Normally, you have nationals, then worlds, and there's no regionals happening. There's not really any set releases happening. It's just dead. Right. July and August is usually the deadest season in all of Yu-Gi-Oh! June, July, August, dead. We, we, We got lucky this year. Well, kind of. Comparatively. That's extremely relative. Comparatively. Yeah. We, 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 this year we had a little bit more time to talk about things, but the point is, is that this time of year, the episodes might get a little bit shorter. Depends on if we actually come up with a good segment. Yeah. Because sometimes we can maybe find a good segment or find something to full fill a full hour. But when we're talking about news notes and coverages and things like that, 
there's really not a full hour's worth of conversation there to be had. Oh yeah, again, especially since we're after Power of the Elements, like I don't think there's a new product release until Megatons in September, maybe something. Yeah, like, that. like well, they say September. It's going to be like October, right? So, so yeah, we don't know exactly. <laughs> we're we're still going to put out episodes. We might try to get some guests to bring up the vibe. Mm-hmm. So. Let us know if you have any ideas of things you'd like to hear and things you'd like to see happen on the podcast. There are a ton of great people that we could have on the podcast. So if if you have any ideas, let us know because this is the time when we are really receptive to a lot of ideas because we're not getting a ton of new cards and things like that. So be sure to hit us up with anything, ideas for whether you want to hear whatever you want to hear from us. Hit us up on Twitter, on Discord, whatever, and just shoot us an idea because we are very receptive at the moment. I mean, we're always receptive of new ideas year round. Yeah, but right now is when they might go. They might happen fast. <laughs> oh yeah, like like you know, like when we mean fast, it might be like, hey, you should do this. The That's- next day's episode. Yeah, the next episode. Boom, there it is. Right. So, uh, be sure to hit us up and let us know. We love getting input from the community. We have suggestions and things like that in our Discord server, which we are still doing locals for pretty much every Thursday. So, <coughs> all right, but that'll wrap us up for today's episode. Again, if you want to support the podcast, there's a bunch of great ways you can do it. You can check out our Patreon. You can check out our TCG player or Dragon Shield affiliate links in the description down below. Check out ETB Games, Millennium Threads, all of the sponsors, you know, of course. And then, as always, thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you have had a great format. Take care, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.